0: What's up, Top Shelf family? This is Corey. Uh, We've got a double ganger on tap today from Treehouse Brewery. Double
1: IPA action. I'm drinking a uh, pseudo soup again from Toplet Live. Uh, this is uh, Craig here. Hey, this is Tom
2: drinking a Jaja J-J-Julius from uh, nothing, nothing but the uh, Treehouse Brewery. Owen Charlton Mass. We got stardom sit 'em, sleepers, dart throws, injuries, no Scotty. Um, podcast forty four. How are we doing today? Oh, should I name off where you can find us? If you're listening to us, you know where to find us. Kudos to you. <laughs> also tweet at us. Hashtag Well the Turkey Day hashtag is gone. We'll think of another one. But anyway, how we doing?
0: Yeah, and stay uh, stay following us on everything. We have free giveaways all the time. You can get yourself some free uh, some free swag.
2: To everybody loves swag. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Top Shelf, FNTSY. That's where you'll find out about all the giveaways. How to interact with us as well so we can interact with you. Uh, we'll jump right into bye weeks are over. That's nice. Um, so I'm going to say this because I was that guy in one of my leagues. I picked up all of the worthy handcuffs. Pick up your handcuffs. You don't need bench depth anymore. Um, you're heading into the playoffs likely with the, the 9, 10 guys that you're starting. Get your handcuffs. Um, All right, let's jump into a couple of the injuries. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Nelson Aguilar, they're going to play. Ertz didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, full practice on Friday. Breed is a game-time decision. Uh, George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders, they're both playing, it looks like. Dalvin Cook currently has a questionable tag with a chest injury. He's on track to play, so something to monitor. Chase Edmonds, full practice. Um, no injury designation. Corey, you want to take off the the rest of the list here?
0: Yeah, Mike Williams with the Chargers, he's expected to play. Um, No injury designation for him as well. Odell had a groin earlier in the week, but he was upgraded to healthy earlier today, so he's a full go. Um, then the Patriots are a little interesting. you got Dorsett and Sanu both traveling with the team, but they're still questionable-ish. They're expected to play, but kind of more towards the fringe of being game-time decisions. Edelman expected to play with the questionable tag. Brady 100% playing. Um, then you got Adam Thielen. He had a full practice on Friday, but he came out and he said if he's not 100%, he will not go. So he's going to be probably close to a true game-time decision, which stinks as he's playing on Monday night. Uh, that's a tough one to hang on to. Uh, Then you've got the Seahawks with Lockett, uh, DK Metcalf, Josh Gordon, all limited this week in practice, but all expected to play. And actually, correction, they are all playing. Uh, Sammy Watkins had an illness, missed practice this week, but he's going to play on Sunday. And Devonta Adams did not practice Thursday or Friday, but he's already been upgraded. He's fully going to play full go on Sunday. So, Craig, you want to take the rest of them?
1: Yeah, so James Conner is uh, doubtful to play. He was limited Thursday and Friday. Um, just downgraded officially to doubtful. Uh, but it looked like he, you know, who knows what his uh, track was going. It looked, looked positive, but it now is starting to you know, decline again. Uh, and then we have our outs. Uh, we already know AJ green is, is out. That's the, you know, pretty much obvious one. And then T Y Hilton is, you know, just had to flare up with his calf. So he's going to be sitting, uh, Evan Ingram, golden Tate, uh, from uh, the Giants. They're both out. The backup tight end, Rhett Ellison, is also. Uh, the uh, He's a got the out decision. Gerald Everett, uh, he's not going to play because, uh, you know, he didn't practice all week. And then Jordan Howard's out again. Uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster also, you know, out uh, pretty quickly early on in the week.
2: Yeah, so – there's a lot of big name players that are out a lot of guys that you're going to have to monitor going into sunday and it kind of stinks because with the thanksgiving day games you've already had six teams play so it's almost like you have a 16 bye because you can't use any of those thursday night players for a guy like adam thielen who's playing monday night or sunday night um and you, you got to make that decision late right because i mean i'm almost not i don't know i'm confident with Adam Thielen as my only option. And then if he doesn't play going to a guy like Irv, uh well, you can't even toss him in the in the wide receiver slot, but who's the Who's the wide receiver? Why am I blanking Diggs? on his name? No, uh, B C Johnson. Oh, Alibisi. yeah, you know exactly. I'm not. I'm not confident starting that guy if Thielens out. So
0: yeah, you miss a lot of guys that if you have Adam Thielen, that you likely also have, but probably already played. I'm looking at like a Michael Gallup from the Cowboys, Cole Beasley from the Bills, uh, like Anthony these, Millers. I mean, yeah, these guys was, have gone.
2: There was a slew of players that Scotty and I were texting back and forth about about. And Scotty put up an article on Twitter about who's going to be the best sleeper. It was Cole Beasley, Anthony Miller, Russell Gage. Um, oh, who am I missing? Who was the last one? I think it was Traquan or Ted Ginn or something like that. Oh, it was Ted Ginn. And, it was Ted Ginn. And, yeah, and, I took so, Ted Ginn. I regret it. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and Friday morning, I'm like, oh, if I played... Cole Beasley, Russell Gage, and Anthony Miller. Yep. I'd have like sixty points already going into the weekend. So there's some good under the radar free agent type of players that you you don't have available now. So I think some of these starting sits that we'll get into are going to be a lot more meaningful because you're going to have to make the right decision to either capitalize as many points as you can. I mean, I know even Scotty had a question. Hey, I need to shoot for the moon here. Who do I go and take? And I think that's what some of these will be. Um, we have some bold predictions. Craig, you don't have one in here yet, so you you think about yours. I'll toss mine in real quick. Mine's going to be Fitzmagic as a top five QB. Um, Philadelphia's defense has definitely been much improved, but Miami's hasn't been, and I think that Carson Wentz and that whole offense is going to bounce back. It's looking like he's getting his full receiving corpse back, which means Fitzmagic has to go and put the ball in the air probably 40 to 50 times. That's either top five or bottom five. <laughs> yeah. And my bold prediction is going to be top five.
0: So. <laughs> the volume should be there. That's what's important. Right. Then um, I'll, I'll take Scotty's just so we can get that off. Uh, he has all three Jaguar wide receivers will catch a touchdown this week. And I'm assuming he's meaning Westbrook, TJ Shark, and Chris Conley. Yeah. Yeah, I so, um, Good luck on that one. That's a, that's a it's big a, – It is a tough one. Yeah. It's, it's bold. It's quite bold. It, that's it's bold. That's the point of the segment, <laughs> I suppose. Um Greg, you got anything coming to mind yeah, yet? Yeah,
1: so the only thing that I could say, and the only thing that I could really even, you know, put my, I don't want to say put my name to, because it's absolutely terrible. Let's let's <laughs> go with that. The Cincinnati Bengals get a win this week. Oh. Uh, they, they play the Jets, who you know have had some some bad games this past year. Uh, that they I, they lost to uh, Miami, I believe, and if not, uh, I think they lost to um, was it Washington or something like that. Either way. I think the Jets could be a team that they could get a win against. We'll well, well, we'll see. We'll see if see if that's possible. And one of the
2: things that we'd actually touched on in the Bengals, Corey, I'll let you jump in real quick. Is the Red Rifles back? Yeah, <laughs> Andy Dalton. Red Rifles back, baby. <laughs> Andy Dalton's
0: back in action. He doesn't have AJ Green, unfortunately. I really thought AJ was going to give it a go just yeah. to get Andy back in action with his favorite target. But Andy's back there. You're going to see him go out and try to earn his job and keep his job there. Who knows if he really will, but he's going to be slinging. Um, Speaking of slinging it at the quarterback position, check out that segue. Tom Brady is my uh, bold prediction. Tom Brady throws for 350-plus yards for the first time this season and the first since week 13 last year against Miami. I actually went back further. He has not thrown for 350 yards before that. He threw for it one other time last year. Didn't throw for it except for the week one of the 2017 season. He does not throw for 350 all that often, and I kind of regret it as soon as I made this prediction, (laughs) but I wrote it in there, and I'm sticking by it. He's going to go torch uh, the Houston defense down in Houston, send them packing, bring your Letterman jackets. We're going to burn them at midfield.
2: That's crazy. I didn't realize it's was that. it been that long for Brady. Um, is there anything else we want to touch on real quick? We want to touch on some of the Thursday games. Yeah, I was going to say let's do a
0: quick review just to you know, toss out the scores and a couple guys that might have stood out, like uh, specifically the Bears-Lions game. Uh, Trubisky looked okay, but you know who really stood out to me was the Lions quarterback. Uh, I don't even remember his first name, but his last name Blau. Yeah, he was out there. Blow. Yeah, Blau. Blow, Blau, Daniel. I don't know what his name was, but he – looked like he was confident out there. He's standing in the pocket, throwing the ball. The Lions looked pretty competent. Um they kind of fell off in the second half and the Bears came back, but it was it was a nice game to watch on a you know, early probably middle of year. If you eat your Thanksgiving meal early, it was probably in the yeah. middle of it, but um yeah, good game. Better than I expected from Bears Lions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Kenny Galladay had a pretty good game too. I was watching some of the catches he was making. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh and then Bo Scarborough got 21 carries. So that's that's a big takeaway in my opinion because there's, you know, at this point, um, you know, Ty Johnson was healthy. Uh, McKissick was obviously, you know, he's there, but he was here. he hasn't been doing much. Uh, and Bo Scar- Scarborough still got the most carries, so
0: yeah, it's clear that he's the lead back there. He's the feature guy. McKissick looks good when they give him the ball, but he just doesn't have the touches to even be relevant. He's not a starter, he's not even a flex play, really, unless you're just hoping that he breaks one for a touchdown and it's a desperation play. But at this point in the season, without bye weeks, you should not have as many desperation plays as the past several weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're fighting to get in and you need to chuck a dart at somebody, you have better options than McKissick too. So that's yeah. that's the that's the other thing. Seeing the Bears come out with a win was was nice. David Montgomery kind of got back on the train, get, catching a touchdown. Um, but dude, the Bills in Dallas game, wow, yeah, <laughs> wow. Josh Allen looks phenomenal. And Dak and the Cowboys' offense look like garbage right
0: now. And that's two weeks in a row that the Cowboys have done nothing against two legitimate opponents in the Patriots and the Bills. And it's kind of just showing that if you have a good defense, you can stop the Cowboys. Um, But the Bills are – the real story here, I think, are the Buffalo Bills. These are not the Bills of the past 10, 20 years, really. They are impressive. Josh Allen looks to have revitalized the franchise. Um, It's kind of a a player that the – the Bills can get behind, and he does it all. He runs, he passes, he runs with power. He's not afraid yeah. of contact. Uh, the I'm dude's impressed. a man among boys,
2: yeah. and and he's got his weapons that he has too. I love it. You got John Brown who can take the top off, and then you got scrappy little Cole Beasley, and mm-hmm. you got tough little. It's not a team I want to see in the playoffs. So I'll just put it, I'll throw that out there. When they squeak in in the wild card, yeah, I don't, well, I don't even know you can squeak in nine wins. They're probably definitely getting a wild card spot. Oh, I, I'm
1: pretty sure they are with the rest of the uh, AFC and the way it looks.
0: Oh yeah, they're they're pushing. I mean, they're pushing New England for the lead in the AFC East. I mean, New England drops a game or two, they have to yeah, play I think the. We're only a couple games. And up, they have yeah. to play the Bills to end the season, so uh, or you know to I think week 16 they play the Bills. So good luck. Uh, they could easily squeak in, and then the Patriots are looking at a wild card and no home field. So keep your eyes on the Buffalo Bills.
2: Yeah, and from a fantasy perspective, I think it's it's nice seeing what they're doing. Uh, if we go over to the last game, uh yeah. New Orleans, Atlanta. Dude Taysom Hill with three touchdowns yeah. or two touchdowns, the block
1: punt, like two touchdowns on like three plays.
2: This offense yeah. is very hard to get a hold of. So I mean, we've talked about Alvin Kamara, only eighty total yards in the game. You know, yeah. and that's that's tough when you spent what you spent to get Alvin Kamara and you see Taysom Hill getting, you know, a couple of touchdowns. Michael Thomas continues to be a PPR. Monster, yep. Um, And Drew Brees, you know, he had a quiet day, but I think a lot of that had to do with them dominating Atlanta. So Julio was a was a was a uh, late scratch, late scratch. Yeah. Um. So that team, I mean, that team's just banged up left and right. Yeah. And what's
0: his name? Christian Blake came in and had a bunch of targets. He had, I think, he had five targets within the first quarter. And you know, he, I didn't. I think I texted you guys who knew Christian Blake was going to be the feature guy. Yeah. Um. If Julio's going to miss extended time, this Blake guy might be worth an ad in a, in in a deep league.
1: He does look good. Yeah, that yeah. was one thing I noticed too. He looked good and he played I hard. I didn't, didn't know who he was. No one knew who yeah. he was. So when I saw, I'm like, who? What, you know what? Who's that guy? Of course, everyone's you know searching for him. So, um, you know who who knows there. But do you see that the Falcons almost got the? Uh, Almost brought the game back because they had nearly three onside kick recoveries that actually worked. Yeah, so I'm going to be
0: honest with you. I fell asleep when this game was about 20, I don't know, maybe like 26-10, give or take. Uh, And I missed it, and I woke up, and I saw they were down just like another score. I was like, oh my goodness, here we go. I woke up for the best time. And uh, they couldn't quite pull it off. But, I mean, the Falcons' whole offense is still startable. I think Devontae Freeman looked a little lackluster in his first week back, but I think he's probably going to return to his you know, general fantasy form. And You're going to continue to start him week in and week out. The only downside to that is Brian Hill was still involved on a handful of carries kind of dispel
2: him. And who knows if that changes as, as the game plan moves forward. But um, yeah, I mean,
1: I mean, he was, yeah, he was I, was, heavily... I was actually
2: going to say, so um, I actually think Devonte Freeman erased Brian Hill. Like, so he got 17 carries and five targets. So, Brian Hill had four carries, three targets. I'm looking at it right now, but nothing impressive, right? I mean, yeah. he broke out in an eight-yard run. So he, That's it. Hill ended the game with 13 total yards, eight of them coming on one carry. So, I think if you're a Devontae Freeman owner, it's positive that Freeman is clearly the lead dog. Yep. I mean, wasn't productive. and Yeah, he wasn't he productive. Wasn't, it wasn't exactly what you want from a fantasy yeah. perspective. but
1: It's kind of almost the opposite of what was happening at the beginning of the year. The first like three weeks, know Smith was so involved that it seemed that Freeman's uh, fantasy stock was lowering because of that. And he was kind of productive with what he had. Now he's getting a lot of carries and a lot of receptions, but he's really not doing anything with it. And that's, you know, just troubling. He's just had a, an interesting season. That's for sure. Uh, but going over, you know, I think the rest of it, uh, you know, we just now to get, go to the certain sits.
2: Yeah. So we're, we'll jump over the start and sits. Um, so Scotty's, uh, so we always start with the quarterback. We start with the starts. Scotty's not here, but Scotty's has a connection to a couple others. So um, Craig, you feel free to piggyback off of this. But Scotty's starting Nick Foles this week. Um, they're playing the Buccaneers, and you know the Bucks have a pretty high-powered offense as it is. They're going to go out and sling the ball. Um, so that that just means that Nick Foles' volume is going to be there. So in conju- in in uh, in conjunction, I don't even know if that's the right terminology, but. Scotty's also starting DD Westbrook. So, Scotty's starting that pair. I mean, we even go back to his bold prediction that all three wide receivers are scoring a touchdown. Scotty's buying into this matchup. So, if you're a daily fantasy, you need to get as many points as you can to get that last playoff spot. This is the type of matchup that you want to be looking at because it's a, it's, it's, you know, Nick Foles can go out and get you 30 points, DD Westbrook can go out and get you 18 points. Uh, it, and it may cost you just a flex spot. So, um, Craig, why don't you jump into the guy so, you're starting
1: to? Yeah, so the, the guy I am also taking in this one is Chris Conley. Um, I feel that with the amount of play time, that the, the time of possession, or at least the game script uh, in this one, is going to favor the passing game on Jacksonville's side. Tampa Bay is really good against the run, and I think that they're going to be up a lot. Um, you know, on Jacksonville. So I think that, you know, they're going to be passing a lot. So I think more receptions for all the wide receivers there um, can equal out to, you know, more opportunity, obviously. And I think that Tampa Bay is also allowing a lot of touchdowns through the air. Uh, so I I feel it could come down to – I don't want to say that that bold prediction that he had was going to be exactly right, but there's definitely going to be, you know, maybe three touchdowns that Jacksonville has in the air. We'll see um, where they get spread out to. But I think Conley – has a pretty decent matchup in this one, uh, as well. So that's that's my wide receiver start uh, for this week. You know, Tom said that Scotts was DD and he's starting Nick Foles at quarterback position. So
2: somebody should have taken DJ Shark. That probably was a cop out though. Yeah, DJ Shark as a start. Um, I'm starting Carson once this week. We've been sitting him a couple times. We've been down on him. He's getting a full wide receiver corpse back. He's playing Miami. I mean, if there was a get right game, it's this week. Um I also think that he's got some of the the he 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 is likely a quarterback that is potentially out on your waiver wire. I mean, he's flirting in that quarterback 15 range and I think if you have him you, you can start him and feel confident he's scoring our, uh QB1 numbers, likely top 8. I I would I would Feel comfortable with. I also need him <laughs> to score in some of my leagues, but I, I mean, going against going against Miami is always the perfect get right. Um, so start Carson once, start him with confidence. Kreger,
1: your quarterback start. Yeah, so mine's Tannehill this week. My boy, um, and he the reason most like the the, the reason I, I have to start Tannehill is because he's. He hasn't really let uh, you know less than 18 fantasy points go by as since he's started. You know, outside of that first week against Denver, he's had 20 fantasy points, 19, 25, 18, 32. Uh, Indianapolis is going to struggle uh, in this one against Tennessee. I feel uh, because not only the, the t- uh, Titans defense has been pretty good, but the you know T Y Hilton being hurt again is is also going to you know have them struggle. You saw last week. Uh, that you know Brissett struggled without Hilton uh, had no passing touchdowns so I'm, I'm assuming the same on, in the air um, and, and Tannehill is definitely going to be someone that's going to uh, you know get more time of possession more opportunity and, and get you some good fantasy numbers
0: yeah and uh, so my quarterback start I know Tom kind of touched on it with our bold predictions going in line with our starts this week and I've got Tom Brady as my quarterback start again I Guaranteed you 350 yards in my bold prediction. If he gives you that and a couple of touchdowns, he's a shoe in for uh, top five, maybe top seven quarterback of the week. He's got a favorable matchup against Houston, who just is not an impressive pass defense by any means. I think they're the seventh or eighth most favorable matchup that you can have in the league. So the only hesitation I have is... Who is Tom Brady going to be throwing to this week? We're not clear on Dorsett. We're not clear on Sanu. They did travel, which is a good sign, but we don't know who's going to suit up. If not, it's going to be the Harry Edelman Myers show, uh, maybe with a little bit of Ben Watson sprinkled in there and probably a lot of heavy dosage of James White since he didn't do much last week. Uh, But still, Tom Brady, stardom. He's a good start for you. Conversely, I've got my quarterback sit of the week, and I hate to do this. You guys all know how I feel about him. Uh, (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo is my sit. And it's not a knock on Jimmy. I think he's talented. But he's playing Baltimore. It's a tough game. I think it's primetime. Um, don't quote me on that. But Jimmy has struggled in primetime in the past. It's not... Is 425? 1 p.m. Oh, 1 p.m. 1 PM. The uh, complete opposite of primetime, as I was saying. <laughs> the early game. <laughs> but in any case, he's playing Baltimore. They're a fantastic defense. I don't think you're going to see... What happened last week against the Rams in Baltimore when Baltimore was up by like 40 points early and then Jimmy's forced to throw? I think it's going to be a close game, but I don't think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo leading the charge. It's going to be Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida if he goes. A lot of runs, uh, a lot of maybe some trick plays in there, but it's not going to be Jimmy G throwing for 300 yards and a couple scores, leading them to victory against the the. I don't want to call it vaunted, but a very good Ravens pass defense that's been picking balls off. They look like they're buzzing around the field with Marcus Peters and a healthy Jimmy Smith. Um, They're more susceptible to the run, and I think that the Niners will do what they do well and run the ball. Uh, Craig, your quarterback's it?
1: Yeah, so I'm going with Baker Mayfield this week, and that I feel a a little bit of a hunch that the game's going to get chippy and get chippy fast. Um, And I I also have, you know, a few other sits in this game, Um, you know, conversely on on, on Pittsburgh's side. But as far as what I'm going to see from Cleveland's offense is they are going to be going up against an extremely tough Pittsburgh defense. Um, They've been great on, uh, you know, against the run and on the pass. And, you know, especially from what happened the last time that they saw each other, I I think that Pittsburgh's defense is going to try and, you know, get, um, you know, play pretty stout I think that what this team is going to do is try and focus more on the win and Cleveland's going to get emotional and I think they're going to try and do too much and you know try and make a statement out of it you know and you want to talk about an emotional game including Baker Mayfield Odell Beckham and you know Jarvis Landry this this just spells like the early part of the season with this team where where too much emotion and too much um you know storyline's going into the game is going to lead to you know lesser play on the field yeah and he stinks well yeah. <laughs> so there's so, good. so, he's, so there's very good. he did have like i think it was a couple good weeks in a row but he now he did yeah um you know so i know a lot of people right. are considering starting him but you know i definitely don't, don't. Would, would sit him don't. in this one against pittsburgh
2: um it, yeah and, and i'm going to start another quarterback from the uh, same conference I, i'm i'm sitting philip rivers playing denver it's a it's a divisional game Um, Denver has been, uh, pretty tough, uh, defense lately And here's the thing, Philip Rivers, I mean, they're not really winning the game through the air. Keenan Allen's kind of been a stinker. Um, Hunter Henry has been, you know, faulty, so I wouldn't feel comfortable starting Philip Rivers this week against that Denver defense. Um, I would lean towards some of our starts. Scotty and Corey, I'm going to let you piggyback right off of this one, but Scotty's sitting, uh, Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, a, a a date with the new, new England defense isn't, isn't usually fun. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So he's sitting Deshaun Watson and my bonus sit was Deandre Hopkins. Um, Exactly what Tom said. Date with New England. Never, never good for anybody. We saw what they just did to Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. I expect more of the same. Stephon Gilmore has not allowed a touchdown this year. He's on pace for another incredible Pro Bowl season. Um, he just is going to, he more than likely is going to lock up DeAndre Hopkins. You're not going to see him do much. And Deshaun is going to suffer as a result of that. He's going to be forced to throw to Will Fuller. And we actually have one guy or a couple guys that can run with Will Fuller, which a lot of teams don't have. Um, that is going to – I mean, that's that's an absolute game changer from what the Houston offense wants to do. And if you can make Houston rely on either Deshaun Watson to beat you with his legs or them to put it on the ground and run with Carlos Hyde and uh, Duke Johnson repeatedly, that's a recipe for the New England Patriots to win that game. So uh, both sits. Houston offense as a whole would be a sit. If I had another bonus sit, I would have sat Will Fuller too. They got a tight end over there. I'll sit him while I'm at it. <laughs> <Go ahead.
2: laughs> and this is also – you know. Uh, Bill Belichick versus Bill O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Belichick. Belichick doesn't like his underlings getting the better of him, so uh, you know Belichick's going to toss everything out there. Corey, you're gonna, you you just end up talking a lot in a row here. Hey, but I Miles Sanders is a star to Scotty's and Corey's, so Corey, I'll let you take that as well. You, you just talk the whole podcast. Just do yeah, all of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> don't even
0: stop me, uh, Miles Sanders. It's. With Jordan Howard out, um, Jay he's been there for five minutes. He's not going to be a huge impact to take away touches from Miles Sanders, and Miles Sanders has the matchup with the Dolphins. I mean, that is everything you look for uh, is a heavy workload against a bad team and uh, a running back who has shown that he can be explosive. He's one or two big rushes away from it being a fantastic game for him. I think he's an easy start. Um, His numbers to this year or to this point this year maybe don't, Make him seem like an easy start, but this matchup is favorable for him. And if you have him on your team, you should be starting him. I would start him over. Oh man, so many guys this week just just matchup alone. Um, we can go through some some guys. That well, I, I think over. he's going
2: to be a top ten running back. I mean, yeah. and I I sat there and looked at it, and you know, it, it's it's easy to say without a Jordan Howard that Miles Sanders is an easy start, but yep. even with Jordan Howard healthy. Miles Sanders is probably going to be a top 15 running back this week. I mean, th- this is a rookie who has to prove himself to an offense that's been poor and as of late.
0: In the past two games, he has an 85 and 84% snap count. Right. That's he's fantastic. On field. Which means he's on the field, and it means he's picking up blocks. Which means that you're going to be on the field even more.
2: And he's catching the ball, he's too. he's catching the ball. Depleted, for a depleted uh, passing group. So Yeah. Miles Sanders is a great start. Um, you can probably start him as an RB two for sure. Oh yeah. Um, and I think he's coming back more than that. I'm starting LaShawn McCoy. This is simply because Damien Williams is out. So Damien Williams has been ruled out for the game against uh, Oakland. You know, Tyreek's banged up. That offense just seems different. And, and I don't know what it is. I just watched the games and it just doesn't feel like Pat Mahomes is taking it over the way that he used to. He's still phenomenal. Um, you know, with a banged up Tyreek, you got Kelsey, but you're going to have to lean on somebody else in that game. They've been trying to get something on the ground. I'm not saying this is a go pick up LaShawn McCoy and he's going to be your hopes and dreams and, and he's going to help you in the playoffs. But this is a nice one week plug and play. If you had a Jordan Howard and you ended up losing him, toss him in, toss him into your flex spot. I like, I like a, uh, LaShawn McCoy start this week, Craig.
1: Uh, I, yeah, so mine is a little bit more uh, you know, on the lower end, I feel, um, and I think that there's one thing that could jump into the middle of this actually working out, <clears throat> but my start is Kenyon Drake. The one thing that I can see it possibly happening where he's not a good start is if Chase Edmonds actually gets either 50-50 work or even more and starts gets that start right away. Because he was on fire when he was playing uh, with Arizona, and now you know it's his first game back. But Kenyon Drake against the Jacksonville Jaguars is an extremely good, um, you know, uh, you know play this week because Jacksonville has like the fourth most rushing yards allowed against and the second most rushing touchdowns against. I see a lot of uh, you know the passing game being you know held back because Jacksonville. Um, is, you know, really good on the uh, the defensive secondary side. However, you know, when it comes to rushing the ball, they're, they're going to a- allow a lot. Uh, so that's why I- I'm saying that uh, this week with Kenyon Drake.
0: All right, yeah. And um, I've got my running back start of the week as Joe Mixon. Um, we got – the reason I wanted to go with this is because he had a few good weeks back-to-back, and then last week he kind of gave you – not a terrible week, but 18 rushes, 79 yards. He was good for 7.9 fantasy points. He didn't catch any balls. And I think there's a lot of people out there like, ah, I don't know, is he going to be another uh, another down week this week? He's got the difficult Jets defense. And I wanted to just get out a- ahead of that and say, listen, Joe Mixon is startable. He's proven the past few weeks that he can put numbers up. And he's going to return Andy Dalton, who I think is only going to serve to help him at this point. The Jets are going to say, listen, I'm not getting beaten by Andy Dalton. They might kind of forget about Joe Mixon for a few minutes there and let him go for a big day. I think he, there's 100 yards and a touchdown is not out, out of the question for him this week. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. And The Jets, again are more or less out of it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of those guys just quit on the game and not even worry about it. And kind of to go with what Craig said, the Bengals and his bold prediction have a good shot of getting a win this week. Probably one of the better shots they've had in a while. Um, on the flip side, we've got my sit of the week at running back who is Mark Ingram, which is probably a little more bold than I needed to be. But um, again, he's playing the Niners defense. The Niners have been good all year. I think at best, more than even a sit, I should have said that he's not going to give you the running back one production that you expect. At best, he's going to be a running back two or a flex play. Um, the The Niners are not going to let Mark Ingram run all over them like he does. He's a power runner. He gets going. as a head full of steam. But the Niners are a tough defense with a, a lot of guys that move well, tackle well, and are strong – You know. Hard dudes, just straight up. They're gonna make Lamar Jackson be the one to beat them, make them test their second make him test their secondary, throw the ball downfield, and let's see what Lamar Jackson can do against a good, talented, speedy, experienced, smart, gifted defense. I'm gonna be very, very interested to watch this game because you already have the tape from what the New England Patriots did against them with a you know genius that we all know Belichick is and he got exposed by Lamar Jackson. The Niners saw this game. Don't don't forget that. The Niners watched the tape on this game and have figured out something that they're going to try some sort of wrinkle that's going to surprise Lamar Jackson and there's going to be a surprise, but their number one thing is to take Mark Ingram away and make Lamar Jackson throw the ball. So that's my take. We'll see if I'm right.
2: <laughs> Craig, yeah, and it's yeah. a, this oh, is a this is just real quick. This is a shallow player pool as well, right? So We've already had six teams that have played yeah. and we're looking at these guys. I like the I I like I mean, and this is a, this is a theme in this matchup between all of our starting sits is we there's a, there's a lot of players on both sides of the ball we don't want to be starting. So Craig, go keep keep us going.
1: So Benny Snell is my sit this week. He's not in this matchup but <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> Yeah, I know. No, I know, I, know, um, I know. But he's actually in a matchup that I'm down on as well. Like the, the the whole thing, like I said about Baker Mayfield and you know the Browns and things getting chippy and emotional. Well, on Pittsburgh's side, they have I think Hodges starting this week, not Mason Rudolph. Um, you know, to keep his head on straight. I don't know whether or not you know it's a better decision or a worse decision. Either way, the both of them aren't that great. So I think that Pittsburgh's going to struggle on offense as well. I think Cleveland's defense is going to play emotional behind Miles Garrett not being there. Um, It's it's you know the offensive line has some pieces that are going to be missing. Uh, uh, One of them, um, or maybe even two of them. No, one of the uh, players that uh, of the three that got suspended for um, multiple games. Uh, came from the offensive line on uh, St. Uh, excuse me, Steelers. I forget the I forget the guy's name. Marquis um, Pouncy. Is that, that you talking about? Yes, it's yeah. Pouncy. So, so he's off of the offensive line. So I I know a lot of people saw a lot of uh, work go Benny Snell's way last week. However, you know Jalen Samuels could you know if the if it's a game where they need to catch up, um, he could get more work due to the fact that he's the receiving back and Snell isn't. Um, so. Even with the 20 touches, you know, I still see him getting definitely under 100 rushing yards. The only thing that's going to save his day is a touchdown in this one, and I don't see Cleveland giving up a lot of rushing touchdowns on the season, so that's why I have Benny Snell sitting uh, this week.
2: All right, I'm i I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take. So, I'm sitting Darius Geis, and I'm starting Adrian Peterson. Uh, I Okay, I, lo- I, I like Darius Geis. I, I'm I'm starting to fade on him from a talent perspective. We saw him come out and you know get the majority of the carries his first week back. So what? He came back right after the bye. He played the um, he's played two weeks uh, against the Jets in Week 11 and Detroit in Week 12. Against the Jets, he has an awful fantasy day if he doesn't score a touchdown. Then against Detroit, who's an awful defense, he only averages three yards a carry. Meanwhile, Adrian Peterson is pretty much doing the exact same thing, pace for pace, on less carries. Adrian Peterson's already proved against tough defenses that he can get the job done. If Washington wants to succeed um, and give Haskins any sort of confidence moving forward, I don't think you can do that with Darius Geis. I think it's becoming more and more obvious that Darius Geis is kind of the the back that you thought that he was going to be. Unless something changes... Unless something mind blowing changes, but you watch him on the field, he looks slow. He doesn't look dynamic. He doesn't look like that downhill bruiser that he was coming out of college. My biggest thing with Darius Geist was he ran so hard and so aggressively that he was going to get himself hurt, and he's already got himself hurt twice. Coming out of that draft with Saquon, he was an incredibly talented running back, and I would have put him number two right behind Saquon, but the, the dude just can't stay healthy. He runs too hard, and now he's got the two injuries, and he just doesn't look like himself. Um, I know that Adrian Peterson's old and archaic, but guess what? He's getting the job done, and he actually looks pretty limber when you watch him run through, run down the field. So Adrian Peterson, if you got him, go ahead and check him out there. Scotty's sitting Rashad Penny. I've made a joke about this, that Rashad Penny is just going to ruin people's uh, fantasy playoff dreams because you're going to see what he did. You're going to want to start him. And then he's just going to crap, you know, he's going to crap down his own leg. Um, He's going to Jared Goff himself. So, anyway. (laughs) Um, All right. So, we already talked about D.D. Westbrook, who's Scotty's wide receiver start. I'm starting Christian Kirk. Um, You know, Kyler Murray has to get on the same page with somebody at some point. Larry Fitzgerald isn't going to be that guy. Christian Kirk's already shown that he, when given the opportunities, can succeed and take it and dominate uh, with the rock in his hands. So I think it's just a matter of Kyler getting the ball to Christian Kirk, and I think that's something that this offense just has to focus on moving forward. Uh, it, it's it's apparent that they have no want or need to give the ball to David Johnson anymore, to give the ball to Kenny Drake, to give the ball to Chase Edmonds. They're perfectly fine putting the ball in the air 50 times a game. If they do that, Christian Kirk is likely to come out with 100 yards and a touchdown. If he does that, you're going to want to start him for that. Uh, Craig, we already got your Chris Conley start. So Corey, why don't you give us your your wide receiver start?
0: Yes, sir, my Devontae Adams wide receiver start. Um, again, kind of you might say a cop out because it <laughs> the is Devontae Adams. Number
2: receiver of the number two was wide receiver. No.
0: Yeah, but um, he was shockingly low uh points per game wise this year, and I know that's because he's been dinged up. He missed a you know he missed a game because he was hurt, but um. <laughs> I just think he is such a favorable matchup I couldn't I couldn't pass it up or pass up the opportunity to use him when he was lower ranked than I anticipated and uh when I did pick him he was a little dinged up he had the toe injury I thought it might be a game time decision and I was going to tell you to start him anyways with confidence but 100% start him he's got the giants it's going to be Aaron Rodgers looking to get back on track after a couple of bad weeks so it I would expect him to go for a, a very big classic Devonte Adams day um side: Adam Thielen also has an injury. He did say he's not going to go if he's not 100%. If he goes, I do not start Adam Thielen. I think it's really important to remember the last time he was banged up and then went out on the field and gave you one or two – I think he gave you one drive, and he was out. You know, so, Go yeah, ahead.
1: This is a great point. Uh, this was a point I had when there was – we did a start and sit, and I was about to start him because that was – after the week after the game, yep. that um, he said he was, <clears throat> you know, going to come back and then left right away. Now he didn't play, so that sit didn't count. But same thing here. They're with a winning record with Minnesota, already got their sights set on the playoffs. They're not going to force Thielen to do a ninety percent snap share, eighty percent, seventy percent. He's going to be somewhere around the twenty to thirty percent snap share just this game alone, just to get his you know, bearings back, and then maybe 50, maybe 50 the rest of the season. I'm not sure he's someone really you can rely on the rest of the season. They they already are going to make the playoffs.
0: Exactly, and you are not going to send Adam Thielen out there to block somebody on that hamstring. There's no point to it. It doesn't matter, and with how much they run the ball, a lot of the times these receivers are blocking, so... I'm not starting Adam Thielen if he goes, no matter what. Um, If he goes out and has a great game, so be it. It's just kind of the way it goes. Wait till he does it and then start him the following week. But it's just not worth it his first week back. I'm always super, super skeptical about starting guys their first week back from injury, especially after we saw what already happened with them. And hamstrings are one of the worst, most tricky things that are going to flare up on you. I say it week in and week out. The hamstrings are... Deadly.
2: It's such an unpredictable part of the body. Yeah, exactly. And all you gotta do is work it out. It's
0: basically. a it's a stretched <laughs> elastic
2: band. It's too bad. <laughs> it's exactly what it is, you know. Um,
1: and so, uh, my wide receiver sit is James Washington again. Again, same game that I've been reiterating. This time, it's more or less. See, I think Pittsburgh is going to have to pass. Um, and Juju's already out, so a lot of things are looking like it's good uh, uh, to start James Washington. I know a ton of people are looking at that, um, you know, it's either yellow or green matchup that, that you see against Cleveland. However, the last four games, uh, they've really only had both Ward and Greedy Williams healthy. The rest of the season, almost kind of like what happened with Baltimore, Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, it's, I don't want to say it's an entirely new defense or defensive secondary, but they're fairly young. And they haven't had a lot of experience together, but now with the the two of them playing together the last four games, they've been a top ten secondary, and so the rest of or most of what you've seen as a sample size has been skewed. So James Washington this week, I, I can see either – if you know he's the number one, Ward is the number one corner over there. He's a top fifteen corner, um, and then if not even him, Greedy Williams, um, who's more of a, a zone guy. Not, not I don't think he's going to be anywhere near James Washington because. He's more thick, but um, you know, it is a third string quarterback starting. Hodges, Dabble, well, yeah, Hodges, yeah Hodges. <laughs> Hodges. But but what I'm saying is they're gonna have to pass a lot anyway, so volume's going to, to to show that Washington would be a good start. Meaning, you know, also with the last two weeks, Washington was a good start, but he, he's definitely not gonna be this week, um, you know, against that Cleveland secondary. He's just, I think it's a trap.
2: Yeah, it could be a trap game. Um, I just crack it into a uh, brighter than starlight. Um, I think a, I think a big trap player. I know you guys disagree with me so much on this, but Marquise Brown, um, Marquise <laughs> Brown is. I mean, you want to talk about a st- uh, sit busting hard? This this could bust. Um, but Marquise Brown, it's a quick, young, fast San Francisco defense. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is not an idiot. Like he knows how to beat them. It's going to be stop Mark Ingram, and cover Marquise Brown. If you can do those things and contain Lamar Jackson, I know it sounds easy. It's difficult on the field. Uh, if you can do that, those things, you're going to win the game. I really think that Marquise Brown. He's he's banging on one two play uh, one two three plays. What I mean, he had four targets or something like that, but he took two of them into the end zone and ended up having a big game last week. Um, but you take those away. He has a miserable game. I know we're playing the – those 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 plays counted. Those catches counted. They did. And the efficiency there is tough to trust. I mean, you look at what Will Fuller was doing years ago. You look at what Alvin Kamara was doing three years ago from an efficiency perspective. It's hard to bank on that efficiency. Um you likely don't have a lot of better options than Marquise Brown. If you're in a situation where you're playing the number one seed or you need to go out and score 30, 40, 50 more points than the guy you're playing, You know, Marquise Brown is a guy to go ahead and start, but I, I just don't see it this week. I think you, you might have better options out there.
1: He's unreliable is what, is what it is. He's I, Deshaun
2: Jackson. He's, he's, the he's
1: Deshaun Jackson. It's just it's, him, hard to, he's,
2: it's hard to – It's hard to – you know, we always say take the name and separate it from the numbers. But even when you look at the numbers with Marquise Brown, you know, the numbers are very tempting to buy into. It's You really have to start taking a deeper look into what those numbers actually are yep. uh, to understand where the fool's gold is. thing is, is, I mean, he's a hyper-talented player. Like, he's not a bad, talented player. So, anyway, I, I, just, I, I see that he could bust as a start, but he could also bust as a sit. So, I'm sitting him. Uh, Manny Sanders... Is uh, Scotty's wide receiver sit for a lot of the reasons that we've already been talking about. Um, why am I blanking on their names? Jimmy Smith and
1: Marcus, Mar- Peters. Marcus, Marcus Peters. Peters and I left
2: out Marlon Humphrey.
1: Yeah, yeah, Humphrey. Humphrey has been great. Who's, who's the number one? He's an all pro. <laughs> <you know? laughs> the beginning part of the year he was yeah. their number one corner. Yep. <laughs> now he's number three.
0: Which is wild. Yeah. When you have those guys, when you have those, you three. put one of those guys in your slot. Yeah. Good luck. And they got uh Earl Thomas over the top.
1: Yes. Everybody forgets <laughs> about them. Earl Thomas. It's, it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
0: their defense is the it's the Ravens. Wiley
1: since the trade deadline yeah. has become the best defense. Um Scotty's
2: bonus start is Tyler Boyd. Red rifle's back. Red no Rifle AJ Green in sight. I mean Joe Mixon's doing Joe Mixon things, but you still need another weapon there. Uh and Tyler Boyd. I like I like the Tyler Boyd bonus start. Um, I already touched on my bonus start. That's Adrian yeah, so, Peterson, Craig.
1: Yeah, so mine is, um, you know, it's it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, versus the Jack- Jacksonville Jaguars. I see a lot of uh, stuff on the run um, for the uh, the Buccaneers. So I so I see that Ronald Jones is actually going to be able to get a pretty good Rojo. start. Rojo. Um, and, and I know that the Jaguars are uh, giving up a lot of defensive uh, rushing touchdowns. Um and then uh, rushing yards. I actually think that I was I was talking about um Kenyon Drake earlier uh, with with the stats for Ronald Jones uh, that I was actually looking up. So anything that I said about Kenyon Drake kind of oh goes towards. Now you're just
2: confusing us. Go to your bonus. set. <laughs> yeah. So
1: yeah, I I really apologize about that one. Um, so I should probably just swap Kenyon Drake's name and then actually just talk about Ken and Drake for a second where they're playing the Rams, which is all the same points that the Rams have been susceptible on the on the ground and better in the air. That's really all that both of my starts are yeah, for running back to Yeah, let me hop
0: in real quick there, too. Like you said, the Rams are susceptible. We talked about it briefly on Monday, but you saw last week with the Rams' offensive rushing attack, they double-teamed Aaron Donald inside and completely negated a, a, a legendary defensive player. Like, they, yep. they wrote the book on how to beat Aaron Donald, and if the Cardinals can do anything similar to that this week, great, great things ahead for Kenyon Drake.
1: And so this next one's not even going to take that long to talk about. My bonus sit is Debo Samuel. Um, Manny, uh, Manny Sanders getting, you know, full work the last couple of weeks now, uh, you know, more healthy than he, he was, obviously, playing through some stuff. And then Kittle, obviously, being healthy. Debo Samuel was able to capitalize when the, both of them were hurt. Uh, and out and, you know, not really playing all, you know, full speed, but I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Uh, So he's definitely going to be sitting.
2: Yeah, and my bonus sit is Jonathan Williams. pains me just because we made so many bets between Jonathan Williams and Bo Scarborough. Um, But Jonathan Williams, listen, this is no T.Y. Hilton. I love Jacoby Brissett, but Jacoby Brissett needs a weapon to throw to. There's no Eric Ebron there. I mean, Zach Pascal's been underwhelming, and I think that's an overstatement. Um, I mean, so if you're a Tennessee defense and Mike Variably go, how do I stop the offense? Probably through the running game. I'll put nine guys in the <laughs> box. Exactly. <laughs> it's not hard to defend Zach Pascal with one safety high, play a 46-bear defense right? uh, and shut him down. So, Jonathan Williams, I and mean, ch- chuck, him, chuck him in the garbage for this week. Uh, and Scotty's sitting, Kalen Balazs, which that that's a cop out. Scottie. Yeah, kind of. Just I looked at it, and bitch. I said,
0: "No, duh, Scotty," and then he chooses to not show up, <laughs> to defend his position.
2: Wait till you hear who his dart throw is, man! Oh, right <laughs> I can't screen. wait. Um, so as a group, we're starting Kyle Rudolph, um, and I missed the whole chat on who the who the tight ends were. Yeah, I we didn't have a chat. That. I just picked I Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, I know Corey just picked Kyle Rudolph. So why don't you take your Kyle Rudolph uh, start? Yeah, uh, We all agreed to it, but I know you were the one who recommended
0: it. Yeah, he's playing Seattle. They are the fourth most favorable matchup to as far as tight end fantasy points go. So there's a good thing right there. They play Monday night, and Kyle Rudolph has looked good in primetime. I always go back to this. I think I'm one, of, I'm one of the only people in the world that look at the schedule as far as primetime game goes and see who shows up and who disappears. But he's been very good in primetime. They played Dallas two weeks ago, and he put 17.4 on the board, uh, two touchdowns. And he had two impressive catches in that game. Um, then the previous, well, he was on the bye last week. Then the week before that, they played Denver, who's supposed to be a good, uh, a good pass defense. And he had five catches, five targets, five catches, six, seven yards, and a touchdown. If he's going to get close to five, six, seven targets a game, convert those into catches, and he's getting targets in the red zone where he can convert those directly into scores, that's a guy I want to start at tight end. He was likely very available in your week just two weeks ago. Actually, right now, I'm looking. He's 55% owned. You could go out and grab him. He should have been in the waiver right I up.
2: I might start him. Yeah. I might pick him up and play him this week. And you could. And there's no. he's doing all this without uh, Adam Thielen. So, I mean, him and Kirk Cousins are getting on a better yep. rapport. So, even if Adam Thielen's out there, Cousins doesn't even have to look his way. So And,
0: and you've seen when Thielen and Diggs are out that they both – see a bump in production rather than one of them seeing a dip so if they both bump up you're gonna see people have to cover them and Rudolph be even more open
2: right um, and we're sitting Jimmy Graham I think I think the Jimmy Graham sit is is rather I, I don't want to say obvious but um, you know he's been solid. From a back-end, tight-end one, which is like six points, unfortunately, well, the in the tight-end landscape. He, he but, has a
1: favorable favorable matchup this week, right. so not a lot of people picked yeah. him up to play him.
0: We're saying, don't get fooled by the matchup. He's still going to beat Jimmy Graham. Right.
2: right, and I mean, volume's going away with Devontae Adams, you know, yeah. hopping back and being healthy, and then, you know, I, I mean, whatever. I, I honestly think that whole offense is a disaster anyway, so I, you try and stay yeah. away as much as possible. Let's jump over to sleepers, dart throws. Um... I'm cracking up at my write-up because I, I wrote this up real quick so that I, I just had a couple of notes. Uh, but my sleepers: Michael Hardman, Tyreek Hill's banged up. Um, I know every everybody's been saying that he's been a full go. He obviously had the bye week to get healthy, but a hamstring and a burner is always a tough thing uh, to get back on. Again, we already kind of talked about it. it's an elastic band. But I you know once you strain that, you get a little cut in that elastic band. It's a lot weaker, um, and. If Tyreek isn't the Tyreek of old, Miko Hartman's getting loose. I mean, the dude's been playing 80 percent of the snaps uh, heading into the bye week, which is I, that's a, that's a lot of snaps for an, for an offense that needs to move quickly. Um, and Miko Hartman is is basically Tyreek 2.0. Um, Sammy Watkins, you know. If you're still banking on Sammy to get four touchdowns <laughs> from week one, I don't know what we're doing here. Um, Sammy should be dropped to the waiver wire a long time ago. I really think the number two wide receiver on this team is Miko Hardman. your third passing option because, I mean, you got Kelsey, Tyreek, and then Mikko, um in the running backs coming out of the backfield. But if there's one guy that needs to go out and get loose, it's Miko Hardman. I'm personally trusting him this week as, as, a, as a quick little – I would consider him a Darth row but I think he's more of a sleeper at this point so I think Nicole Hardman uh, fits the the sleeper bill quite well Scotty's starting Alan Lazard uh, I know that he's talked about Alan Lazard uh, plenty of times seeing more snaps and more looks than MVS uh, uh Geronimo Allison and with Devonte Adams coming back taking some pressure off uh in the in the in the positive matchup I think Alan, you know Lazard's gonna have an opportunity to Have enough looks to get into the end zone. If he does that, it's a good sleeper.
1: And my uh, mind is actually going to be Nikhil Harry. Originally, I had on here TreQuan Smith. Unfortunately, he did not do well, so I'm going (laughs) to get a double and nothing on this one. I feel um, at least to help you guys out. In Craig's Um, defense,
0: he was very sick this week. Yeah,
1: so it really wasn't (laughs) just delirious. (laughs) No idea. I put it in, and I'm like, you're right. He already played. Whoops. Um, And so I was wrong. Uh, So, (laughs) anything that I thought of was going to be wrong. Uh, But the sleeper that I have in this one is Nikhil Harry. And that's because with Sanu and Dorsett both questionable, last week he was the second most, um, or the second, he had the second most snaps for our wide receiver core in New England. And Jacoby Myers had 52, which was three behind. So the Patriots like to at least have three full-time wide receivers uh, on. And if one of the two, Sanu Orta set sits out, that means there's going to be another 50 snaps to go to, towards Nikhil Harry. Whereas his first week back was just 30. So in other words, his snap share is going up. He will be utilized and he is going to be the red zone guy at this point. Ben Watson and and Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo are not, um, actually I think Izzo's not playing because of the flu, but they're not red zone guys. Sanu can be a red zone guy, and if he's playing, I'd be a little concerned for Harry's production. But at the same time, I know that he's going to be the guy they're going to look at first because he's been on the field all week at practice. And even though Sanu traveled with the team, he hasn't practiced. So... We're going to see. I think I don't want to say a breakout, but I would say a touchdown for Nikhil Harry this week against a team that is top ten against in touchdowns allowed through the air uh, in Houston Texans. Which obviously, if you know, there's been some issues with the secondary, with uh, you know one of, one of their corners being out due to an illness, and about three or four other players on the team having the flu. Uh, the defense, who knows, they might let up a touchdown or two more. And, you know, meaning that the Patriots need to score through the air. So that's why I would say Harry this week has a good shot as as a sleeper, um, you know, you know, deep flex kind of situation.
0: Yeah, I love that pick, Craig. Um my sleeper of the week is AJ Brown, and you're gonna say, Hey, didn't he score twenty one and a half points last week? And I'm gonna be like, Yeah, he did. Like, but shut up, because he's still only twenty percent owned in Yahoo Fantasy Leagues, which is bonkers. That's like Production from last week alone, I would say, sure, that's probably a cop-out as a sleeper. But then you look at that that ownership rate, and you're like, that's compl- that's way too low. Tannehill has to throw the ball to somebody. And so far this year, it's been A.J. Brown. It was Corey Davis for like a week or two, johnny Smith for a bit. But A.J. Brown of late has been his target, and he needs to be owned and started at this point. Like He's a sleeper that I would 100% start and hope that he gives you another 15, 20-point week. He's been seeing the targets, and he's turning those targets into big gains. I think he had a 68 or 69 yarder last week. He had a 36 yarder last week. He's a catch-and-go kind of guy. He's big. He's strong. I think I've said before on the podcast, he reminds me of a young Des Bryant. He's who I really think he he comps too well. He's not necessarily a burner, but he's fast enough to get it done. So, uh, A.J. Brown... Look for Tannehill to keep throwing the ball to him. Uh, Corey Davis seems to be an afterthought in that offense. Delaney Walker just got IR'd, so it's going to be the John U. Smith and AJ Brown show going forward. Well, Derek Henry tossed him in there too, but um, I look for them to be the most productive. Uh, On to the dart throws.
2: Tom, you got a dart throw this week? Yeah, and this is a name that we've talked it's about. pretty big
1: dart. What? To get a pretty big dart. Um, pretty big
2: dart. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's. So it was MVS, but MVS has seen nothing. I mean, he's seen two catches for 11 yards on eight targets in the last five weeks. Uh, if there was a game where he's going to catch an 80-yard touchdown and that's what you want your dart throw to do, this is the game uh, against the New York Giants. It's the New York Giants, right? Right. I don't have my phone in front of me. I'm pretty sure it's the Giants.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, Packers?
2: that's correct. It's, it's – um, Correct. Yeah, it's Giants. It's uh, – I mean, I mean, this is the guy you want to chuck a dart at. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, if you actually have, like, say you're talking, like, I literally need someone healthy to play in my lineup this week. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean that's, that's that could what, be an actual. That's, play. I mean, this is
2: what your dart throw is, right? I mean, that's a, you just you you throwing a dart literally at a wall and saying, "Let me get a guy who can catch an 80-yard touchdown pass." Scotty's it cracks me up because <laughs> I'm I'm tech, we're texting him on Slack. I'm like, dude, you're buying this entire offense this week is disgusting. Uh, it's Keelan Cole. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's the wider... MVS is the wide receiver of the Packers, if you don't know. Uh, and Keelan Cole is the wide receiver, third wide receiver, fourth wide fourth. receiver Just in, in a, a quick note on Keelan Cole,
0: he's 0% owned. In, yeah, not even 1%. <laughs> I was going to
2: say, that's
1: impressive, actually.
0: Yeah, so if Scotty hits, he's going to be about the only person in the world who uh, is going to get any points out of this guy this week.
1: Yeah, talk about a daily throw. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, my dart throw is Kelvin Harmon. He's a wide receiver for the Washington Redskins, who the last two weeks has gotten a lot more playing time. He had three receptions last week. Um, but, obviously, this is a terrible team and a terrible offense that you really don't want to be a part of. Um, they are going young. They are going with anything and everything that they just recently drafted. Uh, obviously, McLaurin, Haskins, and now Harmon is uh, was also a pretty good wide receiver prospect. And so, he should... You know, uh, you know, see some sort of work, maybe possibly a, a touchdown. I don't know. Who knows? Well, it's a dart throw. And and as Corey is telling me, he is also zero percent owned.
0: <laughs> uh, so I'm going with a much more owned guy, JJ Arcega-Whiteside. <laughs> or sorry, whiteside, Arcega whiteside One percent owned. Um, I didn't want to give you too hard of a time, uh, Tom. MVS is thirty percent owned.
1: Thirty percent. Um, I mean,
0: he's
2: he's owned, but he shouldn't be.
0: No, yeah. He's he's <laughs> one of those guys you're holding on to for some reason, but everybody's like, doing it. I don't it. know why. But, yeah, but. Um, J.J. Arcega, he's my guy for the week. He, I think he's a solid through. They just cut Jordan Matthews earlier this week, so he's either impressing in practice or they just kind of are sick of Jordan Matthews or whatever the case may be. Alshon Jeffrey looks like he's going to play this week. So does Nelson Aguilar, uh, as does Zach Ertz. And Dallas Goddard is still there. So he has a limited upside, but if he can get on the field and it looks like they're going to factor him into the offense because Jordan Matthews was out there a shocking amount last week, if he can get as many snaps as he had and maybe take over some two uh, wide receiver personnel packages where Nelson Aguilar is really only a slot guy, he has the ability and he should have the, the target share and he should have the time on the field to make a difference. Um, he's a big target. Maybe he gets a red zone look. I'm kind of just hoping for a touchdown here. But he's a guy that if you're desperate – Maybe you 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 get lucky, you know. He was,
2: a, he was a jump ball specialist coming out of college. Exactly, he's a big
0: boy. <laughs> he, I lo- I loved watching. He's what he six three, off. six four.
1: Yeah, he's a project player too. I don't he, think he's that big. Oh really? no. He is. He, he can just he jump real high. Six he, six five. he might even be 6 five. Um, I'm about to Google it. He is. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Google. A raw <laughs> yeah. talent, big guy. He's that six is six three. Is going to um, oversee, uh, you know, take over Alexander Jeffrey's role. Matt Collins,
0: six four, same team. Never plays anymore. I Matt played. I played Mac Hollins like two weeks this year. It's freaking crazy.
1: I played. I, I played mean, Brandon Bolden once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, and, I start mean, it, for, like, <laughs> three weeks. Start and it worked. Bolden yeah, it was the. It was the first shout the First out of three, <laughs> <laughs> three weeks in a row, he scored a touchdown. That was the first week. So you know, Hilarious. head of the trend. Um, but uh, yeah, you can go ahead and ask us some questions on Twitter tomorrow um, or today when you're listening. Uh, that's at Top Shelf FNTSY. We will be on. Um, if you message us individually, you know, we'll, we'll get to you pretty quickly. Tag us, you know, whatever you want to do there. Um, check us out on Instagram as well. Same handle at Top Shelf FNTSY. Uh, so this was, again, the 44th podcast. So This is pretty fun. Um, you know, hopefully we get a lot of people... Uh, the last-minute advice that you need going into the last possible this, week, you this, can get into the playoffs. This is
2: playoff push time, baby. This is playoff push. If, it, if so. it's not this week, it's it's next week.
1: Maintain. You can't afford to be wrong. <laughs> maintain listening because, uh, you know, we will continue throughout the playoffs. Uh, Don't just Stop die starting,
2: off. Stop uh, starting McLaurin, Dickie.
1: <laughs> don't just die off if, if you're out of the playoffs. Keep listening because a lot of things change now. Um, you know, going into next season, you know, all this information in the last three weeks of the season is still inf- important information. Make sure that you're always still paying attention. Yeah, and,
0: and one important note, if you're out of the playoffs, if you're in a keeper league, depending on how your keepers work, go pick up those guys that have been on IR and dropped. If they're yeah. going to be back next year and you can go grab Lamar Miller and you if for some reason he's your best running back, go Dynasty. grab him. Yeah, if you have a dynasty league, so
1: that's one thing I was thinking as, as well. Like I'm in the playoffs, so I need to you know make sure that I have my players. But if I know I'm not going to play another player for the rest of the season and he's on my team, I'm going to go on and go for an IR guy or a guy that didn't play this year and see see what's possibly out there. Yep. Um, you know, now going into the yeah, now's the time season.
0: to do it because if you wait till week 17, your league's going to give you a hard time. But now nobody's even going to notice. Right. Go go pick up those guys; they'll be on your team and, long and enough.
2: Please, please go pick up your handcuffs. Oh, get yeah. your and honestly. Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison, and these guys are out there, and you don't have them. Go pick them up and put them on your roster. You have no more bye weeks to worry about. Put them on there because if Zeke gets hurt, yep. Cook gets hurt, you're an RB1.
1: Winner. Yeah, you're a torn ACL winner.
0: away from a league winner.
1: Absolutely. That's going to do it. We're top shelf fantasy for Tom, for Corey, for Craig. You're uh, Craig. Uh, you're Close this For, for me. Yeah. Stay fluid. Stay loose. <laughs> Mama, any way you feel, hey, mama, I.